Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Praise the Lord. We give God all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Well, the Lord is with us. The Lord is in the house today. The Lord is going to bless today. So we give him honor, glory, and praise in the beginning because we know that he can do it. Amen? Amen. What a blessing. Pray with me. Father, thank you for our time even right now. This time in your word, O oh God, we give you all the praise. Bless dear God, this thy word and this thy servant. Think with my mind and speak with my mouth that which you want to say to these thy people and bless them in Jesus' name. And Father, there be one today that doesn't know you as a Savior. Move, O oh God, by the power of your Spirit. Draw them to yourself. Save them. That one that is saved, God, we pray that you continue to bless them. And if they desire to be a part of this ministry, then bless them to become a part. We love you, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. And all said, amen. <clears throat> what a blessing. We thank God for another great day of worship. Matter of fact, every day is a good day to worship the Lord. But we just do it corporately together on Sunday morning. So let's get to our word right away. We're coming from Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 13. Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 13. If you are at Acts chapter 4, verse 8, would you say amen? amen. And perhaps others are still turning to it in their Bibles or on the electronic device to Acts chapter 4 verses 8 through 13. The gospel writer writes, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word, you may take your seats. This morning we want to come with this topic for this message today, the power of a changed life. The power of a changed life. The late Congressman John Lewis, representing the state of Georgia, admonish his colleagues and many others to get into good trouble. 
And if you see something, he says, say something. Or better yet, do something. In our text from the book of Acts, two of Jesus' disciples, Peter and John, got into good trouble. They said something when they, they, they said something when they saw something wrong. They just saw a man in need and did something by the power of God, a blind man. Uh, I'm sorry, a man who was healed. You see, Peter and John got into good trouble. They were changed men and were followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And with a changed mind and heart, let's get into some good trouble as we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Acts is the history book of the church. It's a history of changed lives. Regardless if you're in the Old Testament or the New, you'll find peoples whose lives were completely changed by the power of God. I recall the Apostle Paul declaring to the Roman Christians to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In order that one is transformed, transformed means to be changed in character and or condition. My friend, many of us are in that situation right now. We are at the, many of us at the cross, crossroads of our lives and we are wondering what we should do. Many of you, perhaps some of you are, don't know the Lord today. Even you that are watching with us online, you, you, you can be a part of this. You see, we can be a chain person and cause God to begin to work in us. So if we are transformed, if we've been renewed in our mind, you have to have the spirit of the living God. And when we are transformed, you can have transformed somebody else. You see, a life changed by God's power brings about a clear reason for living. Today, many people don't seem to have a clear reason for living. They are just existing and not living. When Christ comes into your life, there's a change in your walk. There's a change in your talk. There's a change in your mood. There's a change in your clothing. There's a change in whatever you do. When you didn't say good morning, now you say, good morning, how are you doing? And you don't even know them, but that's all right. You are a changed person. You see, my friends, we cannot really lift up God until we change the way he wants us to be changed. Some of you say, well, I am saved and sanctified and filled with the Spirit. Well, let me tell you something. If you all that sanctified and filled with the Spirit, or you a changed person, or you're a person now that's living for God and God only. Can I get a witness? We'll get to it in a minute, but I want you to know in this text that what really got those people upset was that their response to the changed life of Peter and Paul, they noticed that they had been with Jesus. Does anybody notice that you have been with Jesus? When you go out to dinner today and they bring your food back and it's cold and it's the wrong order, are you changed? Then they know that you've been with Jesus. When people pass you on the road today. You don't know what these folk are going to do. And they began to try to run you off the road and, and do things. And maybe, maybe, maybe you'll say some crazy words to them, to yourself, because they can't hear you. Are you a changed person? We're going to talk about four things. 
of changed life is a life of courage. A changed life is a life of character. A changed life is a life of conviction. And a changed life is a life converted. So let's look at a changed life. And it brings about a life of courage. Specifically in Acts 4.13, now when they saw, talking about the religious elite, when they saw, talking about people who look at you every Sunday morning going to church and they're still in their pajamas watching TV, when they saw the boldness of, of these men, boldness, my friend, is the absence of fear. It is daring confidence, cheerful courage. On the other hand, courage, according to Plato, is knowing what not to fear. I think former FDR, President of the United States, when he got into the World War II, he said that the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. But I want you to know you ought to have Jesus in your life. Amen. You see, the boldness of Peter did not come from him but it came from God. Your boldness don't come from you. I don't care how bad you were back in the in, in before Christ days. There's some bad folk today that are worse than you. So you ought to have Jesus in your life. Do you hear what I'm talking about? It's all right to be bold and tell somebody, share with them the goodness of the Lord. Sometimes we don't even want to tell people about God. I've been asking for so long, and I know that uh, a couple of my brothers, uh, they, they, they headed up the, the, uh, our ministry for uh, the Fran Day, and, and hardly any of the body of Christ even move. What's the matter? You scared? <laughs> Are you going to be bold? We have a new saying today, bold move in Jesus. You see, that don't mean you're crazy. That don't mean you're acting a fool. Come on now. Let's get real. Bold means we're going to tell somebody as the Spirit of God move on us. Share with them the goodness of God. Don't look at folks and say, oh, they look too bad. Huh? They look mean. I don't think I'm going to talk to them. Talk to them. They need Jesus in their lives. Are you bold today to tell from even church folk? Come on now. Amen. Dr. Richard said there's two times the kind of people in the church. Church folk and Christians. I'm just saying. You know Bobby said it, amen. In the house of God, when people are doing the wrong thing for the wrong move, get, get into some good trouble and go say, listen, brother, sister, that's not the way you do things. Pastor said, too many of y'all don't y'all forget about that part. Pastor said, and I do say it. Amen. The Bible declares Jesus said in the in, 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 in the Lord's Prayer, not, not in Psalm 23. He said it in John chapter 17. That love ye one another as I have loved you. Loving one another is telling some of our loved ones, brother and sister, that's wrong. Peter and John told these folk who were not even saved, what y'all talking about, that's wrong. We won't tell them where they may, have, they may get upset with Of course they're going to get upset at you. Pray up for them and God bless them. Tell them, no, that's wrong. Amen. I don't mean you bless them. I just said, listen, brother, said, I love you, but what you said and what you did was wrong. Amen. You should go back. The Bible declares go back to the person. No, don't tell me about what you got against them. Go tell them. I'm not a garbage disposal. You go tell them. 
If you're mad at them, don't be mad at me. I ain't doing nothing to you. I'm just telling you you need to get it right. We don't want to hear that. We want to do our own thing. My friend, these brothers, they, they had courage. The boldness is in the absence of fear. Boldness to do what God would have them to do. Luke used the expression filled with the Holy Spirit eight times in this writing. In every case, the filling of the Holy Spirit enables a person to speak or preach for God. When I come to preach because many of you are looking at me with kind of strange looks in your face. That's all right. I'm used to it for 28 years, almost. But I ask God to fill with the Spirit, move me out the way, and you get in the way. And Lord, that I can get into some good trouble and tell people about the love of Jesus. In every case, the filling of the Holy Spirit enable the person to, to speak or preach for God. My friends, when you walk up to someone who's not really looking like they want to talk to you and you want to show the love of God because God has moved you by the Spirit to go do it, then, then the Lord, fill me with the Spirit that I might be able to share with them this good news. I know they might be angry, but God bless them. You watch God and do, God do some great things. So in Acts 4, 18 through 20, it says, And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Oh, they were bold. I think they were kind of foolish to tell them that. But that's okay. How many would like for us to stop preaching and teaching in the name of the Lord Jesus? I mentioned before that a former mayor of Houston, Texas, was going to get, gather all the ministers together and want a copy of their sermon. They, they couldn't handle that. It's kind of like that movie when the brother said that you can't handle the truth. What are they going to do with the sermons? They were basically telling them, don't preach or teach anymore in that name. I can't help but to teach and to preach in that name. There's no other name on the heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You say, well, Rev, you're putting your life on the line. I'm always putting my life on the line because I'm a gospel preacher and people don't like me. They hate preachers. They call it hate speech today. They don't know that that's love speech. God wants us to love people and tell them the truth. Churches are empty today because we won't tell people. We won't tell our family members, you need to go to church and come on and get Jesus. I'm not saying it to boast myself. I tell my children, and they're all out the house, praise Jesus. But when you come to my house, and you're going to stay overnight on Saturday night, well, Sunday's coming. It's church time, and don't be late. They look at me, they try to leave before day. God bless you anyway. Now, you know when Christmas and Easter and all those other times, even next week will be Father's Day. Folk going to come to the house, ready for the barbecue. Hallelujah. Well, yeah, we got a great meal at church on Sunday morning. So we ought to be here. They called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Well, it is right in the, in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge. 
for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Dear friends, if Christ has saved you, if Christ has delivered you from your sins, if Christ has blessed you through all the things that you've gone through, you ought to say something. You ought to tell somebody something. Ladies, y'all into those, uh, those, those, those things on the TV, you know, those, the weekly shows, the days of our lives, the general hospital and all that. After you start the conversation, ask them, do you want to be in the days of our lives in, in Jesus' name? <laughs> Brothers, I know we could be watching the football game. Yes, I'm going to be watching the Cowboys. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell somebody that I'm talking to, the game is all right, but listen, I got another game in town. You ought to come and be with me in that game. Well, we can shout, we can praise him because of all the things that our God has done for us. Anybody with me? And so when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. We ought to glorify him. Every time we see something that happened that God has done, not that we did it, but that God has done it, we ought to give him praise. Why? That someone sang that song, we ought to praise him in the morning, praise him in the, at lunchtime, praise him at supper time. That everything the Bible says had breath. Praise the Lord. But the only time you want to praise him is when you come to church. How about praise him when you're at home? How about praise him even when things happen and ain't nice? You ought to praise him anyhow. A changed life is a life of character. Again, back in Acts 4.13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Preacher and pastor Bob Jones Sr. once said, the test of your character is what you would do if you knew no one would ever know. The apostles' lack of education and social refinement became a question of character, but they had more character than the religious elite in their particular day. They had character. The religious leaders did not have that. The character quality of their lives was evident, not because of a lack of education or social refinement. Let me stop for a moment. You may have all the alphabets behind your name. That's all good. I got a couple of them behind my name. But the thing that means something, I've been with Jesus. I'm still with Jesus. That's not going to help me. But the Lord will help me. All I have to do is cry out, and God will be there to help me. See, the character quality of their lives was evident, not because of a lack of education or social refinement, but of their association with Jesus. And those who tried to silence their testimony soon realized that they could not because they had been with Jesus. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands, says Dr. Martin Luther King, in the moment of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. You can agree with me that Peter and John were at a time of controversy. They were at a time when people were on their case because they healed a a man that was helpless. They had some, some controversy because that wasn't right in their sight in their particular type of religion. But you see, Jesus, 
is not about so much of a religion. Jesus is about relationship. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, your religion is vain. We need to have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus' disciples faced a challenge. They faced a test whether to follow the Lord Jesus or the religious authority in their day. As I was sharing earlier about that former mayor and one of the preacher's notes on their sermons, I don't know what I would do, but I feel right now that I said, well, I'm sorry. You, you do what you got to do. Why? Because Jesus is in charge. There's no place that says the Lord has abdicated his throne. He's still God. Whether you like him or not, he's still God. Whether you love him or not, he's still God. Whether you blaspheme or not, he's still God. And none this is not only that, he's the Lord God of heaven. That means he's the creator of heaven and earth and everything in between, including me and you. He's God. He's sovereign. Do what he want to do, to whom he want to do, when he want to do it, how he want to do it. We don't dictate to God. We, we are the servants of God. If you're a child of the king, we are servants. Too many of us think that we are more than a servant. God called me to preach. God called me to pastor. I'm the only one in the room. We're like, who are you talking to? Of course, I'm knowing he's talking to me. I didn't want to do it. But I said, Lord, I came to my senses quite quickly. Lord, whatever you want me to do, so do it. Been difficult, yes. But if you have some hot time, yes. Had some time not so, mm-hmm. But it was all good. Why? Because my Savior was with me. My Savior was with me all the time. He said, I'll be with you and I will not forsake you. That's what my Savior said. He said, I'll meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Woo! Whatever I got a need of, the Lord's got it. Whatever I think I want, God's got it. He'll give it to me if he need know that I want it. And if it works out in his plan, he'll do it. Why? Because he's my God, my Savior, my Lord, my soon-coming King. Yeah! They face a test, a challenge. They also face controversy or an argument about, by the religious leaders whether or not to... Uh, to, to, to heal a helpless man. Even in Jesus' day, because of the rules that they had attached to the law of Moses, you couldn't do anything on the Sabbath day. Some of y'all back there in those days, I, I can call y'all name and I, I can see by the gray hair on your head that you were with me. You couldn't iron on Sunday. Can I get an amen? You can't be washing no clothes on no Sunday. Why do you think mama cooked supper, uh, cooked dinner on Saturday night? Oh, come on, somebody talk to me. I know you, y'all folk don't know nothing about that. Y'all blessed. But we were too, because we had it going on. We, we didn't get up till I got to iron my shirt. Oh, you, it'd, it'd be rough dry. Let me put that thing on. The enemy always has excuses when God don't take any. And Big Mama didn't either, Amen. You see, a changed life is a life of conviction. Conviction is a strong persuasion or belief. 
When I was convicted of my sin and I was coming to Christ for salvation, I was convicted in my soul because of my disbelief. I was convicted because I was in sin and I I wanted to be saved, but I didn't want to give up my sin. But God, by the Spirit, persuaded me by his power and said, come on in. Peter and John were fully persuaded that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and their Lord. Threats of bodily harm could not convince them otherwise. You see, when you've been saved, (laughs) saved, 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 can't nobody convince you otherwise. I don't care what they put on social media. I don't care what they put out in the news. God is still God. And when God does something, he don't take it back. He saved me. Even if you're saving, you begin to backslide. I want you to know that God allows U-turns. You can come back and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I messed up. Lord, Lord, I, I knew it and I messed up. Please forgive me. Now God can work with us. You see, that's convicted. There's no doubt that Peter and John were convinced that Jesus is God. People today don't believe that. They are not convinced that Jesus Christ is God. They don't believe that he's the only begotten son of the living God. They don't believe that. They have twisted God's word. They had turned it all on his head. But I want you to know, get into your Bible, B-I-B-L-E, and begin to look at it for the glory of God, and that's God by the Spirit to give you understanding as you read it. There's no doubt that Peter and John were convinced. You see, the long-awaited, they, they, they knew. They were convinced that Christ was a long-awaited Messiah and convinced that Jesus is the Lord, is the Savior of the world. They they were convinced he was the Son of God. They were convinced that Jesus was and is the Savior of the world. They were convinced that Jesus was and is the Messiah. They were convinced of their appointment by the Lord to go into all the world and preach the gospel. They were convinced. We ought to be convinced. We preach it. We teach it. We try to live it, and yet many of us don't believe it. Why? You see, when we come to Christ, it's a whole new deal. When you come to Christ, you got to leave that other life alone. And every person, every single person in the universe that is born has similarly from Adam a sin nature. When Jesus Christ comes into your life by the power of the Holy Spirit, when he comes... He takes up residence in our lives because he's the agent of salvation. They got folks that teach today in the pulpit that you don't have an old nature. Yes, you do. Look at TV sometimes. Last night I was watching TV and and, and some crazy person shot up a whole lot of people. What do you mean you ain't got no old nature? Yes, you do. How about the person that ran over the, the police? Ran, hit the car, and you know, they have a procedure where they hit the back of the car and it turns. Well, they hit the back of the car and it turned over, and a lady who's pregnant, she's in it because, and he comes and says, well, you, I did this because you didn't stop. What are you talking about, man? I, have my, I got my, 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 my emergency flashes on, I slowed down, and I'm trying to get somewhere safe so I don't get run over, and then you run over me? Somebody in the wrong profession. I'm not saying anything against the police, but I'm saying that we ought to have, have some common sense. But somebody told me common sense ain't quite so common. 
We need wisdom from God. The apostles were convinced that a changed life is the result of having been with Jesus. Now, we haven't been with Jesus like Peter and John. But if you're saved today, you have been and you continually to be with Jesus. So if we are that case, in that case, then are we changing? How about the power of change in our lives? The power of change ought to change the way you talk to folk. Especially when you get an attitude. Because y'all want to tell them what's on your mind. You ought to keep that little piece. Don't tell them. Yeah, it makes you angry. Yeah, it kind of, you, you, you run your hot. Yeah, I got all of that. I'm, I'm, I'm in it too, amen. And when I mess up, I go, oh God, I'm trying to tell people to do right and I ain't doing right. I'm telling you, what the, we are humans, that's what happens. But when you begin to con- be convinced and, and, and then lay yourself under the authority of God, God begins to help you so you don't do all that all the time. You begin to be right. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it uh, gets us going. But Jesus is the one that helps us out. They had this conviction because they trusted in the Lord for eternal life. They were no longer mere fishermen, run-of-the-mill, blue-collar workers. They had been transformed. They had been changed from the old life of darkness to the new life of light. They were changed by the power of God's word. They were changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. They were changed by the power of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. They were changed. That's the power of a changed life. And lastly, a changed life is a life converted. To you who have given your life to Christ, you have already experienced that change. I experienced a change immediately when I was saved. I got rid of all the things that I did prior to church service that day. Brothers, I threw out all my 40 pounders. I know the brothers know what I'm talking about. Y'all at home, y'all still got some of that stuff. When you say you saved, well, I'm just saying. Power of a changed life. I stopped doing things that I was just so comfortable in doing before. Why? Because I was convinced. I I was persuaded. Not by anybody, any human, but by God. And I kept being persuaded. Every step I took, that was change, 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 change. And I give him glory, honor, and praise when I would normally go off. Y'all know what I'm saying? You know, go off like a volcano? Yeah. That was me. But then it just seemed to settle, and, and I began to learn how to pray. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about the law of prayer. I'm not talking about, oh, Lord, I labor down to see pray the Lord, but so to I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. I'm talking about, Lord, help me. Yes, Lord. Lord, hold me. Yes, Lord. Lord, don't let me reach in my pocket. I can tell by your response, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you sister, don't, don't go in your purse, sister. Don't, don't go there. <laughs> Amen. Keep it on your shoulder. Go ahead, girl. Go and keep it. Lay, hold your head down, start praying. You see, conversion is a change of attitude and will, which brings a person 
into the, a right relationship with God. In doing so, being converted, open your eyes and to turn you from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God that you may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in Christ Jesus, according to Acts 26, 18. Matthew 18, 3 says, truly, I say to you, unless, <laughs> I love what Matthew says, truly, I say to you, unless you are converted, that means you got to turn around, unless you're converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Some of us think we can come to church and do whatever we want to do, tell the pastor off, tell the deacons off, tell other folk off, and you come back with a smile, Jesus love you. Mm -hmm. You better check it because the Bible says if you're not written in the book, you won't be there. Clearly related to conversion is repentance and faith. Repentance is turning from sin while faith is turning to God. Therefore, conversion is more than the exchange of one set of beliefs or another for another. It is a wholehearted turning to God. Let me say that again. A wholehearted turning to God. You can't turn to God halfway. Some of y'all in here and some of y'all at home turn to God halfway. God want to use us for his honor, praise, and glory, but you, you can't give up some stuff. Oh, yes, you can if you say, Lord, help me. You can't turn to God halfway and then have all your whole way. And that's not going to work. You wonder why no blessings in your life like God really want to bless you? It's because you're turning halfway. You won't give up to God. I'm not saying you got to be all crazy and fanatical, but it helps. Amen. It helps to know Jesus. It helps to let people know, I am saved. I'm not boasting. I thank God for saving me. I, I don't know, as the song says, if the Lord had not been on my side, where would I be? I hate to think about it. But when I turn to God all the way, preachers, you can't turn to God halfway. Deacons, you can't turn to God halfway. You got to go all the way or no way at all. God want to use us for his glory and his honor. And the church itself is not doing what God wants to do. The body, we need to turn all the way to God. Amen. Stop listening to them folk outside. And some of them your family members. Some of them your friends. Stop talking to some of these folk on Facebook. They don't know what they're talking about. If they're not talking about Jesus and how good he is, don't deal with that. You may say, well, Pastor, you're going to get in all the kind of trouble. Yes. I'm going to get into some good trouble. Amen. If you are a believer this morning, does the evidence of that relationship with Christ support the proposition that you have been with Jesus? If you're not a believer, why not come right now and trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? When you come to Christ, he will forgive you your sins. When you come to Christ, he will save you. When you come to Christ, you will experience a changed life. Not next week, not next month, but the moment you say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Save me. Father, I'm sorry for all my sins. Fill me with your spirit. 
and I give you the glory. At that moment, you have a changed life. You have the blessings of God on your life. And some people say, well, I hope my, my bad days don't outweigh my good days. That's utter nonsense. I pray that God will take me just as I am. They were praying for the offering. That song took me back. But when you began to sing, Lord, just as I am. Some people will come and say, well, you know, Reb, I'll, uh, I'm going to come to Jesus when I get myself straightened out. And I want you to know today, and some of you already know, that I say to them, you're not going to get straightened out. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.